All right, today we've made it to the middle of the chapter. That's right. We're in the middle of Exodus. This is the 20th chapter of Exodus. We've got 20 more to go after this one. So yeah, Exodus chapter 20 is only 20 verses. And this is one of the most infamous chapters in Exodus. Apart from the plagues, the most infamous chapter, one of the most infamous chapters is the Ten Commandments. So this is what we're going to see in this chapter. We're going to see the Ten Commandments. We're going to see Israel talk to Moses. And then we're going to see God talking to Moses about the temple, about the altar and how the altar should be constructed. So yeah, that's what this whole chapter goes over. The Ten Commandments and then the Israel talking to Moses and how the altar should be constructed. So let me know how excited you are that we're in the final I'm kidding. It's not even the final chapters. We've got 20 more to go after this. So let me know how you're feeling about this. We're 20 in. How are you feeling about the book of Exodus? You know how to get in touch with me. You can text me at 662-371-8877. You can go to christianboypodcast.com and check out some of the things on there to find out how to contact me. So yeah, that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 20, halfway through the chapter. Let's get right into it on the Christian Boy Podcast. Our memory verse for the week comes from Romans 8 verse 31. It says, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? All right, let's get right into the chapter. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the father's sin to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Do not misuse the name of the Lord, your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, God, your God. You must not do any work you, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the foreigner who is within your gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony against your neighbor, do not covet your neighbor's house, do not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female slave, his donkey or ox, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. All the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountains surrounded by smoke. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. You speak to us. And we will listen, they said to Moses, but don't let God speak to us or we will die. Moses responded to the people, do not be afraid for God has come to test you so that you will fear him and will not sin. And the people remained standing at a distance as Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Then the Lord told Moses, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. 
You have seen that I have spoken to you from heaven. You must not make gods of silver to rival me. You must not make gods of gold for yourselves. You must make an earthen altar for me and sacrifice on it burnt all your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, your sheep and your sheep and goats, as well as your cattle. I will come to you and bless you in every place where you cause my name to be remembered. If you make an, a stone altar for me, you must not build it out of cut stones. If you use your chisel on it, you will defile it. You must not go up to my altar on steps so that your nakedness is not exposed. All right, here's a few things that we see. In verses three through four, we see God tell them not to have any idols in front of them. No, no idols that they bow and worship. And that got me thinking in our lives. Sure, we may not make stone or golden or silver idols for ourselves, but we still have things that we place before God, whether it be our girlfriend or boyfriend, our um, family, our money, our priorities of school and work. Sometimes we place things above God and they become idols to us because we technically worship these things more than we worship God. Some people want worship success and they they feed off gaining success in everything, single thing that they do. Some people worship following different uh, influencers and worship them and worship how they live and what they do. So my question for you is, what idols do you have in your life that you are struggling with? That you're struggling to take away from your life, that you're struggling to remove from your life, that you're struggling to get rid of because you're trying to follow God and do what God has for you to do. What idols are taking first place in your life? What things, what's on your tongue most of the time? What things are you thinking about for most of the day? Because the things that you think about and the things that you talk about for most of the day can be and are idols in our lives that we can have. So yeah, what idols do you have in your in place of God right now? What things do you have to cast down and throw away that are in your way and ruining your relationship with God? In verses five through six, God says, that he shows love to some and punishes the sinful children to the fourth generation of others. And first off, let's straighten this out. Cause you know, if you don't read it within context, this actually sounds harsh until you actually think about it a little bit. So remember in line of action and consequence, when we talked about how God punishes, punishes us for the sins that we've done and because whom the Lord loves, he chastens and whom he, whom he loves, he, uh, you know, straightens out, make sure we're doing the right thing. And then in the remember me message that I preach, you can watch it on YouTube or listen to it on the podcast. Uh, we talked, I talked about how righteous behavior and being a righteous person benefits those around us. It doesn't only benefit you to be righteous. It benefits the people around you to be righteous. And when we're evil people, So when we're evil people, our character ruins those around us and we actually don't get saved from the things that happen. Like the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, if there were 10 righteous people in the city, they would have, you know, the whole city would have been saved. But when we are evil people, our character traits and evil desires are passed on to our children and to even those around us, but mainly to those who we raise and those who we spend the most time with. Parents usually spend the most time with their children. So when we are sinful or evil people, our character traits 
are going to be passed down to our children. What we, how we act, our children are going to act. How we, what we do, our children are going to do. And when you hang out with somebody for a long time, what they do becomes what you do. So that too, that also is one of the ways. So think about how, think about these different examples that I have right here. First off, there's people who grew up in alcoholic households. Now there's two types of people that grew up in those households. One, people who say they won't follow that path and end up becoming alcoholics themselves. And two, people who don't follow that path and they don't end up becoming alcoholics. But when you have alcoholics in the household, your likelihood of becoming an alcoholic goes up exponentially. And so that's one example of it. We also see people who, who deal with abuse in their lives, domestic violence, sexual abuse, when they deal with that abuse, some oftentimes people who've dealt with sexual abuse become abusers to other people. People who've had sexual assault happen to them become sexual assault uh, victimizers in their own lives. And these are, these are patterns that we can see. Fathers who are alcoholics can lead to their children being alcoholics. Fathers who are absent in a home can teach their kids to be absent in their, their children's homes. And so we see these patterns happen all the time. So... When we think about this chapter, we have to think about how God is talking about it. You know, he punishes those to the next generation is really talking about how the cycle of uh, punishment continues because of the behavior and character traits we get from those before us. And so that's why people talk about breaking generational curses or breaking generational patterns and habits that happen, which is actually true. When you have patterns that happen in your life, you have a decision. Am I going to do ex exactly how my ancestors did, exactly how my family did, or am I going to go the way that God's calling me to go? So when God punishes to the fourth generation, those curses that the, the father did and the father did not uh, forget, get forgiven for and actually punish his children by passing on those character traits and being a bad example to them get passed on to them. And then if they don't, they don't straighten it out, it keeps getting passed on. And so, yes, it seems harsh that God will punish those to the fourth generation, but it's usually our own actions that causes that cycle to continue. So yeah, here's a question for you. What things have been passed on to you that you don't want to pass on to the next generation or to those around you? What things can you start doing to change those things around you? And how can you stop that from being passed on from you to others? So now in verses 8 through 12, it talks about the Sabbath and how it's holy and how it's exactly. Yeah, it's holy and how you should rest on the Sabbath. Nobody's to do any work. Rest is very important for the human body. You know, we can live off with eight days without sleep, but by that time, you're basically going insane, borderline insane. You're going crazy by the time you get to 88 days without sleep. And rest is important to God. He talks about how in this chapter, he talks about how after God created everything in six days, he rested. We talked about this before in Genesis chapter two, I believe, when we were talking about creation. And so this law is important to rest the body physical body, but it's also important to rest the spirit because, you know, oftentimes we rest the body when we have a day off work or we have a day off to do whatever we want. Our body is well rested. We end up watching TV or doing playing video games or 
doing whatever you like to do to relax. I like TV or TikTok or some, you know, some type of social media to to relax. But honestly, this is not relaxing our soul and our spirit. And sometimes we, well, every time we get an opportunity to rest, we should also rest our soul and our spirit. Sure, we may not be doing nothing, sitting around the house all day, relaxing the body. But how does that benefit your spirit by sitting down all day watching TV? Oftentimes when we get away from the television or whatever we're doing on our phone or whatever we're doing, we oftentimes feel tired and not unrested, even though we've done nothing the whole day. And so when you rest, you should rest your soul too. You should read your Bible. You should pray. You should look at spiritual content, watch a message or, you know, listen to a godly podcast or things of that sort. Expanding Feeding the soul as well as resting the body is how you get full rest and complete rest. We usually get incomplete rest by only resting our body. So yeah, you should rest the entire soul and body because resting the soul is to feed the soul. And if we feed it what it needs, we will thrive. But if we don't feed it what we need, what it needs, we won't thrive. And true rest is nearness to God. True rest isn't watching TV all day. True rest isn't being connected to friends on social media. All which things, these things are not bad, but if we want to completely rest, we should abide in God and rest in him and stay close and connected to him. In verse 12, it talks about honoring your parents, honoring your father and mother. And most people take this to the extreme of doing whatever their parents tell them to do. That's not what honor is. God does not intend you to honor your father and mother by doing whatever they tell you to do, even if it goes against God's law, even if it goes against, uh, you know, your personal convictions and it goes against what is righteous. God doesn't call you to obey parents when they tell you to do unrighteous acts or disobedient things that make cause you to be in sin. We should honor our father and mothers when they call us to do something that isn't sinful or when they ask us to do something that simply we can do. I honor my father and mother all the time. When I drive back home or go home and the grass is high, if, if, if I have the opportunity to do so, I will cut the grass. If I, if I have the opportunity to do so, I will wash the dishes. In doing that, I'm honoring my father and mother. To take it a step far, further, when you have godly parents and godly, uh, God-fearing parents, by, uh, you honor them by doing what is right and doing what you're supposed to do. When I'm not at home, I'm responsible. I'm doing my schoolwork. I'm making sure I get things done how they're supposed to be done. I'm making sure I keep the family's name and the reputation of our family at the standard that it is by not being uh, dysfunctional or uh, by not being uh, making the reputation bad by being a bad person. So to honor your father and mother is not only to do things for them and to respect them in their face, it's also to protect the family name and to not be someone who's going to cause destruction to the family name by walking upright and righteously. The best way to honor a godly, God-fearing parent is to be saved and to follow Jesus Christ. And that's the best way that you can honor a God-fearing parent. In verse 17, it talks about covetousness. We're gonna, I'm going to skip over do not murder, do not commit adultery. Those are pretty straightforward. And do not commit false testimony. We've talked about that multiple times in the Wisdom Wednesdays. So yeah, verse 17 talks about coveting what your uh, neighbor has, 
whether it be whatever anybody has. And in the society that we live in now, we have people have this false narrative. Some people believe what they see on social media is actually real life. And it actually is a part of coveting. People covet what other people have on social media, which is not good for not only for their mental health, but also for their life in the long run. When we look at what other people have and we envy what they have and we're, we feel as if we're inadequate because we don't have what they have, it actually kills us in a lot of ways. For one, it makes us lose trust in God because you're like, God, people, these, there, there's a bunch of millionaires who are not even righteous, who have all this money, same age as me, doing all these things and they're allowed to do all these things, but I can't do those things and I don't have those things and I'm following your law. We, we start to compare ourselves to standards that we should not even compare ourselves to. We start to feel as if we're inadequate to live the lives that we're living and that we should be doing more with our lives. When in reality, sometime, most of the time, I'm sorry, nearly all the time, what's displayed on social media is just the highlight reel of somebody's life. Everybody struggles through things. And I guarantee you, if you traded places with anybody that you wish you could trade places with, you would want to come back to your problems pretty soon. Now, some people are going to be like, no, I want to be, you know, a billionaire. I want to have as many problems. You may or may not. But then again, you still may not want the problems that they have. And so, yeah, uh, if you covet what other people have, it's not good for your mental health, not only, but it's also not good for you because it can cause you not to trust God. It can cause you to doubt that God has anything good in store for your life. And it can cause you to doubt God's plan for your life. Because when you see other people winning on social media, you would you end up wishing that that was you. You end up wondering why God is not allowing you to win as they win or to have the prosperity that they have. So, yeah, these are very good laws that we should all follow. <laughs> and that's why I love the Ten Commandments. Now, in verse 18 through 21, Israel does not want to hear God speak and have fear in their hearts because of the sounds. They asked Moses, you know, please tell you can talk to God for yourself and then just tell us what God told told you, because we're afraid that we're going to die when we're hearing God's voice. So my question for you is, are you afraid to hear from God directly? Because some of us, we, we love hearing from the pastor or from a prophet, but we don't want to hear from God directly. And God can speak to you at any time. Are you afraid to hear from God and listen to what God has for you? Are you afraid to listen for his voice and hear what he has to say to you? We have to understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, by fear, it means respecting God. Let's not hide from God. Let's not be afraid of God, afraid to hear his voice and to hear what he has to say to us. So now, now let me put a little warning here. Sometimes there's things that... People, uh, you know, you might hear in your head, you should go talk to your pastor about it. You're like, pastor, I'm going to talk to you about what I think God said to me. You know, make sure that it's biblically accurate. God would and make sure that it's not going against God's will. That's how Jesus, Jesus was tempted by Satan with all these wonderful things. And Satan even used scripture. And that's how you get caught up in different things. But we're not getting into that. Uh, but yeah, make sure you listen for God's voice. Hear, hear what God is saying to you directly. Not saying not to listen when other people speak for God to you, but you should also be listening for God's voice when he speaks to you. In verses 20, in verse 23, we're going to, we're going to 
we're going to mark this verse, verse 23 of Exodus chapter 20, because we're going to come back to it. It's talking about how they should not make any images for themselves out of silver and gold. So yeah, hold that one. If you've already read the book of Exodus, you know why we're going to hold on to this because later on in the book of Exodus, spoilers are going to come out. We're not going to talk about it. But in verse 24 through 26, we also see God instruct them on how to build the altar and that it should be built from uncut stone. No chisel should touch it and that the chis the, uh, and that it should be built that way. And also that they should not put it on a pedestal so that no one's nakedness is exposed defiling the altar. So, yeah, that's what we see in this chapter. It's a few different things in this chapter that we see. But what I really see is God's instructions to mankind, God's instructions to Israel. This is really the first time we see Israel getting instructions from God, getting commandments that are going to be laws that they keep, you know, bearing false testimony. We've seen uh, Joseph, Jacob bear false testimony to Isaac, his own father, to get the birthright. We've seen Laban bear false testimony, Leah bear false testimony and get Jacob to marry her instead of Rachel first. And so, yeah, we see these laws come into place now, which is very, I'm not going to say convenient, but I'm going to say it's very lovely to see these laws in place because following God's instruction is beneficial to our lives. Here's a thing for you. God would never call us to do things that will harm us in any way. All that God commands us to do is for our benefit. So my question for you before I close out for this, I know this podcast is kind of long. So my question for you is, are you willing to listen to God, hear what he has to say to you and obey what he says? Because ultimately that's what our lives come down to. Are we willing to obey God's voice and follow what he says to us? So yeah, this has been Exodus chapter 20. We're going to continue next week with some more stuff. Yeah. And it's going to be more laws. I think we're going to be in laws for a little while because that's what most of the chapters in Exodus are about. Well, this this lower half of Exodus, should I call it? This second half of Exodus is going to be a lot of laws until like Exodus chapter 34, 35 is when we're going to get back into other stuff. So yeah, let me know what you think about the Ten Commandments and the different laws that God talked about in this chapter. You can text me at 662-371-8877. I pray that you have a blessed day, night, or whenever you listen to this. I pray that you're blessed and that you continue to strive toward the mark for the prize and high calling through God in Christ. All right, God bless you.